to, I know you said you worked directly with Russell Brunson. Um, a lot of people, I've been to probably, you know, five funnel hacking lives. We actually have a funnel builder. We just launched a funnel builder inside of Dashlix. So very familiar with the world of funnels, Russell Brunson. I've learned so much from him. What is it like working directly with him? Unlock the secret sauce of millionaire entrepreneurs. This is your exclusive VIP pass to the hidden world of the ultra successful business owners. I'm Chad Kaderi, CEO of Dashlix, and welcome to Behind the Revenue. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today we have Kevin Anson on for another episode of Behind the Revenue. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, if if you can, just give a, a quick intro. Tell uh, tell the uh, audience who you are, what you do. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we do video ads. So we do primarily video ad creatives. And I've been producing videos myself since 2004, so it's been a while. And about seven years ago, I got into advertising after having the good fortune of uh, working with Russell Brunson and started to learn everything that I possibly could about marketing, human psychology. And then I took my video skills and mixed that with marketing skills and really just kind of changed, uh, changed my journey into making video ads and so, yeah, we've produced thousands upon thousands of ads over the last uh, 20 years. Let me ask you a quick question. What is it? I know you said you worked directly with Russell Brunson. Um, a lot of people I've been to probably, you know, five funnel hacking lives. We actually have a funnel builder. We just launched a funnel builder inside of Dashlix. So very familiar with the world of funnels, Russell Brunson. I've learned so much from him. What is it like working directly with him? So in the beginning, it was uh, really cool. I mean, it was like we were talking every single day on Voxer. We were, you know, I was making videos, sending them directly to him. I was sending my invoices to him. You know, this is seven years ago. And ClickFunnels was still really well known at the time. He had published two books. And he's just an amazing guy. I got to go out to Boise, hang out in the offices. I've got went out there multiple times. And he's just he's just like I can when I call someone somebody that I can get along with, I call him a bro. I'm like, he's a total bro. Like he really is. He's just He's down to earth. He says, dude, he doesn't cuss, you know, but he's a, he's just a cool guy. Like he, you can hang out with him and shoot the crap. And he's just, yeah. I mean, to this day, I talk to him every once in a while now, but every time I do, he's just a really good father, uh, entrepreneur. Um, I consider him a friend and yeah, he's a great guy. When Russell Brunson comes up to you and asks you for a video, is he giving you specific instructions? Does he know exactly what he's looking for? Or are you guys just taking the creative angle and creating your own videos? Typically, when we work directly with Russell and he wants us to create a video, he usually will write the script or give some sort of direction on it because, you know, he's master copywriter. But when we work with ClickFunnels, we're working with their team. And so we have the opportunity to write the scripts ourselves, come up with the concepts. We'll just analyze their landing page maybe look at their VSL, download their VSL, put it in, you know, take that VSL and turn it into ads. So there's a little bit more freedom on that because we've done it so many times. So we know how to write copy. We know how to come up with the right uh, angles and things like that. But yeah, there's a difference between working with Russell and working with ClickFunnels. Fair enough. I also want to ask a question because on this podcast, I like to ask selfish, selfish questions for myself because I personally... I want to know the answers to these things. Like I'll give you a quick example. Like for us, 
we run a bunch of Facebook ads, primarily Facebook and Instagram is, is re- really majority where most of our ads spend. Um, and then maybe a little bit on YouTube for like remarketing and stuff like that. What are you seeing right now in the video creation world that is absolutely crushing it for, let's just say, Facebook and IG? Like what type of video formats? Well, we have like eight different ad types that we look at. I mean, we have frameworks for our ads, so we're not guessing anymore in regards to what types of ads we're creating. But typically it is, you know, the ones that, you know, they usually have a spokesperson. You're usually demonstrating, uh, especially if it's for software, you're demonstrating how the software works. You want to talk about people's objections because everyone has them. It's like they think that it won't work for them because it takes too takes too much time, costs too much money. It's not going to work for their specific situation, things like that. And so, um, you know, I mean, that's that's a tough question to answer because every business is different. There's different offers. There's different ways that you have to speak to your people. Some businesses do really well when you pull out your smartphone and you're sitting in your car and you record an ad that way. Other businesses do better when you create a more highly polished ad that looks more professional because people are judging you upon how high of a quality your video ad is. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just varies. I can't give one answer and say this is going to work across the board, but so, I would say that it's nice. It's good. It's a good idea to try both. So try a high quality one and try, you know, an or we call them UGC ads where it looks yep. more of like something that somebody made in the garage on their smartphone. So trying both is good. So let's take a look at our, our ads framework because I want to dive deeper into this because I think it'll be fun, especially for the for the marketing guys out there. Um, so right now, we just started a brand new uh, Facebook campaign uh, or kind of like a new strategy framework type thing. Uh, we started about three or four weeks ago, and the way that we're doing it is we split it up into four buckets. So we have our first bucket, which is our basically we just call it cold, uh, cold, warm, hot, and then remarketing would be the fourth bucket. So there's four buckets split up. In the first bucket, we're basically creating just educational ads, right? And for us at DashX, we do white label fulfillment and we have a software company for marketing agencies, right? So we're targeting marketing agencies. So in the first bucket, we're really just educating people and warming them up and we're doing video views uh, as the conversion, right? Uh, So we're not, no CTAs, we're not doing anything like that. Just warming people up. And then in the hot bucket, we are, uh, or excuse me, the warm bucket, uh, we're doing slight CTAs where we're kind of mixing it in, but we're still doing, we're not directly telling people, hey, click the link below. It's kind of like indirectly. Um, and then in the hot bucket, this obviously we're going straight for, you know, offers, uh, telling people basically to sign up, schedule a call. Uh, and then in the remarketing, obviously, it's people who visit our website, right, uh, didn't sign up or didn't schedule a call and just hitting them in the remarketing campaign. And what I'm seeing is for every different one of these different buckets, we're creating like different style videos, right? Um, and for the first bucket for, uh, by the way, have you, I know a lot of, um, a lot of people use very similar strategies like this, where we're just, you're essentially warming up and creating your own audience, creating almost your own level of fame in a way where you're just, when somebody logs in, you're literally there every time they log into Facebook and Instagram. Um, my question for you is like in this specific type of strategy, like when you're bringing on, let's say, a client who's running a, a similar strategy like this, how do you go about it from like the video ads creation? Are you like is your agency, is your company, are you guys the one that are actually going in and writing all of the scripts, creating the actual videos, plugging them into the Facebook ads manager? Like how deep do you guys get with that? 
So we only go as far as delivering the video creatives. And so once the videos reach the ad buyer, that's when our job ends. But we do have ad buyers that we work with. But yeah, the creative process is analyzing the person's landing page, um, having them tell us a bunch of stuff about their ideal customer client and figuring out like what makes them tick, right? Like who are they, male, female, how old are they, where do they live, things like that. What are their pains, desires, all that stuff. And then we will look at one of our ad types, whether it's like you mentioned educating, and that's one of our ad types. It's like the educator ad, right? So you're educating people on things that your software, not necessarily what your software can do, but it's like educating them on like marketing principles or like things that, you know, they could be doing in their business. And then you tee it up with like your software. Oh yeah, our software can actually help you with that, right? So yep. you're creating that little segue or demonstrator ads, right? There's so many different features that your software has and people don't know about it. They don't know how it works. They can visit your landing page, but they still won't really understand like how it works without booking a demo with you. And some people don't want to do that. So when you can tie that stuff into the video ad where it's like you talk about one specific feature, it's like, look, this feature we have in our software, you can like, you know, automatically, I don't know, chat with people over text message or something like that. And you show the feature, explain how it works inside of a video ad. And you're just hitting them with multiple features. I mean, if you look at a, a software like, um, I don't know, like Kajabi, because I have them up on the screen, they've got yep. hundreds of features. And so there's a lot of things that their software does that people don't know about. So you could create 20, 50 different ads, like just tackling different features. And you put those out on the internet as ads. And then there's this that, that one video that someone sees like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that it could do that. That's so cool. I'm signing up right now. Like so that's the one objection that they I have. I want to dive deep into what you just said. So you so like, especially for business owners, like myself, I'm the one creating a lot of the ads here at Dashfix, right? It's usually my face a lot of the times or me creating the education, the materials, the videos, whatever it is, right? Business owners uh, like me and you, we get sick of creating ads. It's it's very cumbersome to jump in front of the camera and start mm -hmm. creating ads. And and obviously AI is coming into the mix now, especially with videos and stuff like that. I'm going to leave that for a little bit later on in the conversation. But my question for you is, let, let's say like that specific strategy where you're like, hey, like Dashflix, we have tons of features, right? We have hundreds of features. Would you recommend us to go out and create like Loom videos? Because I've seen people create Loom videos. And then I see people take Loom videos and actually create full-blown like videos with like overlays and effects and all that stuff. Like what are you seeing work better right now, especially for software companies? Is it like the super raw videos where it's like, let me just whip open a quick three-minute Loom video and show you this awesome cool feature in the software? Or am I like professionally shooting this or professionally editing it post-production? The ones that we do, we do a lot of videos for software companies. We will do a screen recording and then we will make it more fun to watch. Because if you sit there and record a Loom recording for five minutes and you go through a feature, um, it's just, I guess it's just not our style. A lot of people, I don't feel like, you know, they don't like to watch that and sit through it. And that's something that they really, really need and they need to know how it works. But yeah, we're very precise in like what the messaging is saying, the screen recordings that we're showing on the screen, we're having big bold text overlays that are pointing out different features and how the simplicity of it and the speed of it, all the things that are like breaking down objections, <clears throat> excuse me, in people's heads. So yeah, we like to do a little bit more of the, the highly produced ones versus yep. the simple ones. We just don't do those. Um, yeah, fair enough. And what, like, let's say for a, a business owner like myself, if I needed to shoot that video from you, what would you need from me? What assets would you need from me in order to get you, for you guys to be able to produce that? Really, all we need is 
sometimes the client will just give us a login to the software and we can click around and figure it out ourselves. Um, but yeah, we would just need uh, a script from you. Well, we'll write the script, but we'll send you the script and then you record it. And, you know, if you want to just do a voiceover in your microphone, we could do that. We could use that as, as your voice. Or if you want to show up on camera, we could put you in the little circle on the bottom left or whatever. So we see your face. Yep. But yeah, that's all we need is a recording from a client and that we're off to the races. And I know obviously this is probably also somewhat of a generic question, but what are you seeing like video length as we try to keep it under one minute or does it, it dep really depends on the video? What are you seeing now? Our sweet spot right now is between 45 to, to 90 seconds. And so the, that's just the type of ads that we do. Very rarely are we creating an ad that's over two minutes. That's just yep. what we've fallen into, what we've seen to work. We've noticed that um, anything over two minutes just is, is an unnecessary unless you're really breaking down a complex process that people need to understand how it works, then you can get into stuff a little bit longer. But our sweet spot, 99.9% .9 of the time is between 45 to 90 seconds. Fair enough. All right, let's jump into AI because AI, especially um, in the last couple of podcasts we did, um, it's trending right now pretty heavy. Um, yeah. I'll give you a fun. Uh, so I did a fun little uh, little project the other day. I told you before, I said, I, I get sick of sitting in front of the camera and creating ads, right? I, it, it's not fun for me um, to, to sit and create ads all day, especially when there's a, a thousand other things that I need to do, right? So for me, um, I went out and I went to a company called Heijin, which you might maybe mm -hmm. probably be familiar with already. Um, and I went out, basically cloned myself and started, went, went to Heijin. I'll walk you through the process, right? So I went, I went to HeyGen, um, created a, an avatar of myself, and then I also fine-tuned the avatar as well. I had to pay like 70 bucks or something a month. Whatever, they fine-tune it. They make it just sound better. Lip sync is better, right? Then I went to ChatGPT, created a script because at this point, if I was going to do it, I was going to really try to replace myself, right? So I needed to create a whole process out of it. Um, went to ChatGPT, um, created scripts using obviously, you know, going back and forth with prompts and stuff to create really good style scripts that sound like me. But it just wasn't there yet. Like you can tell that it's AI, right? Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I know that. I mean, the reality is these things are only going to get better. They're not going to get worse. Sure, sure. Right. So, like six months, twelve months, like they're going to get it down to the point where like humans don't even need to create videos anymore. Like, what's your thought process on this? How do you think that this might affect your maybe your business or your video production? Um, you know, w w what's what's in your mind? For me, whenever I see a video that looks like it was generated on AI, specifically HeyGen, I can tell, I can tell that it's AI, and it immediately discredits the company that is showing the ad. Yep. And I don't care how good the product is and how much I need it; it just shows that they are cutting corners. It feels lazy to me, and I've seen a few ads like that. My team or share it with other people. I'm like, check out this video. You could tell that it's AI and it just does not, it doesn't feel good to me at all. So that's why, I, by the way, as a side note, we didn't publish uh, the video that we created. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it was just, it wasn't me and, and I felt the same way, but, yeah. but, but, but I will say one thing. I will say that in six to 12 months, I mean, these companies are oh, just yeah. going to get better and better and better. For sure. Right. And I, I feel like a company like HeyGen as an example, 
they're they're in the video world they're you know their goal is for you to replace yourself so you can create video content without actually physically having to be there how do you think that that's going to affect video production like we know that ai in the last 12 months has replaced content writers right has replaced copyright a, a lot right a, in 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 a lot of industries now we see ai coming out with like i think like air.ai and like all these other companies that are eventually right uh probably going to replace customer service and things like that right like what are you seeing as the future of ai for video have you done any research on it have you have you seen anything that's alarming to you for your business not necessarily i think that it still has a long way to go and it's a useful tool to help you get ideas and to kind of go from having a blank page to like, okay, now I have some ideas. I have some little snippets that I could use in my script. But when I sit down to write a script, I 100% write it with my own brain. I might go into chat GPT, like I said, to get ideas, to get just something to push me along a little bit. But whenever I'm, I'm writing a script and I'm using AI, I'd say I'll probably use 20% of it. And then the rest of it's from me. So I think I think it's it's amazing for sure. And if it gets to a point where people can get away with using it, where it's a live human talking to the camera and no one ever notices, then that's just that's just the game. I mean, that's how that's how it's going to go. And I yeah. think that, you know, I, I think if it, I mean, it's only a matter of time. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I like, you know, if you if you rewind back and you think about the AI that we have right now. Right. Where even like where HeyGen is and ChatGPT and all that stuff, like if you're on, you know, three years back, people would have thought you were crazy that there would there would be something like this. Right. Like even I, as shitty as 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 the video was from HeyGen, I still sent it to everybody. I posted it on social media because I was actually amazed by the technology. Right. That it was outputting. Um, but I think that I, I really do strongly feel that in like a year they're like these AI companies, they're going to be fine tuned so well, that it's going to be scary. Oh, I agree. I'm sure it'll get to that point pretty quickly. And um, yeah, I mean, even going back to the per current people who are using it for their ads, I mean, all it takes is one comment on your ad, somebody calling you out saying that it's AI. And that's just, it's almost like a bad review in a way. It's just like discredits you so bad. Like, I mean, it's almost like you have to go in there and keep deleting comments if you want to keep that stuff clean. Yep. But yeah, for now, it's not there, but I'm sure it will get there and no one's going to notice. And I've seen people do it with their organic content as well. And I can tell right away because it's just the way that it like blinks. It kind of blinks the same way every time. And, and you just know you're like, this is AI. And then people are, you know, slamming that person in the comments. And it just it doesn't it feels disingenuous. But yeah, we'll get there. It's just it's, like I said, it's the game that we play. And if we can uh, get away with it to buy our time back, then, I mean, it's not going to stop people from doing it. So, yep, I agree. <laughs> so, so next, next topic that I have, I see that you also recently spoke at Funnel Hacking Live, which I think is so awesome and so cool. Can you walk me through the journey of you even getting the chance to do that? Like, what is it like? Like, do they reach out to you? Do you reach out to them? What is it? I know you obviously have uh, uh, past experiences with Russell, right? So I'm, I'm sure that that definitely helped. But like, what was that like? What do you what like? What type of credentials do you need to get on that stage? And then what was it like also after? What was like, you know, speaking in front of 5000 people? Did it help you? Did you get more exposure? Your following girl on social media? Did you get more business? Right? Can you walk <laughs> me through that? Because I'm curious about it. I'm sure a lot of people are also curious. 
Yeah, getting asked to speak at Funnel Hacking Live isn't what I've learned. It isn't one of those things where you apply for it or you send them gifts in the mail to bug them to put you on stage. It's just one of those things that just has to happen. And lucky for me, I'm in that sort of niche where it fits into his plan with people that he needed to go on stage to speak on particular topics because he has it all orchestrated in his head a year in advance. And he's like, okay, I need somebody to fulfill this piece and this piece and this piece. It's like, okay, Kevin Anson oh, really? talks about video ads and um, you know, that, that fits into our plan perfectly. And so, yeah, it's a message that I got from Russell himself. He's the one he reaches out to people. He'll create a loom recording and he'll just send it to a bunch of people and say, Hey, I want you to speak on stage. This is my way to speak about, are you interested? First of all, if you are, here's the next steps. And so, um, yeah, it was, I mean, I could get into all the details leading up to it. It was, it was a really, really cool experience. I was nervous as hell for sure. months leading up to it. Probably didn't even really work on my presentation or sit down fully committed to the presentation until it was about a month out because I just didn't really know what I wanted to specifically talk about. Cause there's so much you can share, but you only have 15 minutes on stage or 20 minutes or whatever they allot you. And so, um, I was changing my slides in my hotel room the night the before. before. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, Oh no, I should probably take that out or put this in. So I've never spoken on stage in front of 5,000 people before. I think the most people I spoke in front of was, you know, 25 people or 50 people at my brother's wedding. And, and so it's like <laughs> huge step up. Right. But I think it's just uh, one of those things where if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. Right. And I knew that going into it. It's like, oh, yeah. I want to do this, even though my like subconscious is telling me like, don't do this is a terrible idea. You're going to, you know, you're going to fail, but I wanted to, I wanted to overcome that, you know, that hurdle. Um, so it was really, really cool. And then afterwards, the aftermath, it was, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, there's, you went from walking through the hall and funnel hacking live and there's thousands of people in the halls, no one really knowing who, who you are, like a few people here and there, but like afterwards it was just, you're, you have like a temporary celebrity status where you walk through the hall and people are like, Oh, I saw your presentation. That was amazing. Can I get a picture with you? Or, you know, can you send me some more information about how I can work with you? Things like that. And so, yeah, I had the notes app just full of people on my phone that I needed to follow up with afterwards. And yeah, I made a lot like of business of, from it. What's that? Did you book a lot of business from it? Yeah, we booked a lot of business from it. And it's still happening to this day. People are signing up with our agency who saw me speak on stage. You know, that was what, four months ago now. And so, um, dude, it, speaking, it was cool. speaking helps tremendously. Um, yeah. I have, I have a fun story, um, that I'll tell that kind of relates to this, which is pretty funny. Um, so first and foremost, when I started Dashlex like six years ago, I was like the biggest introvert. I didn't like if you put me in a room full of people, I didn't want to speak to anyone. Like I was always that guy. And they were like, he's an asshole. I'm like, I'm not an asshole. I just like I'm shy. I don't want to speak to anybody. Like I just stay quiet and I listen. Right. Um, then my team was like, all right, we should start doing webinars. Like we need to like start getting some exposure. Let's start doing webinars. Let's start doing podcasts. Um, and then I remember we this is probably like a year after we launched, right? So we were, we were taking off pretty good. Um, I was like, all right, screw it. We'll do a webinar. Like I've never done a webinar before. I'll try it. We signed up for Zoom. We did web, we did our, our first webinar. I think there was like 180 people that registered for the webinar and maybe like half the people showed up. So it was like my first time speaking really like, especially in like this remote environment um, where it's a webinar and the chat's blowing up and there's like, I don't know, like whatever, 90, 100 people on, right? 
Um, and then after that, I kept doing the webinars, right? I would do them weekly. And I did that for a year straight. I did like 52 webinars in one year, every single week. I think it was like every Tuesday at 1 p.m. I would do a webinar. I was live doing a webinar because I was like, all right, if I'm going to do it, it's got to be like a consistent thing. I have to do it. We got it to the point where every time we did a webinar, we would get like eight, 900 registrations. And like there was like four or 500 people live on the webinar and a couple thousand people watching the replays every single time. Right. Dang. So like one for, for listeners out there, like consistency is key. Like just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and it'll start growing. But one of the funny what one of the things that happened was relating to your story is as I'm doing these webinars, a lot of the times throughout those 52 webinars, I would bring on special guests and we do like a co-webinar where they would talk about like a specific strategy, right? Or a specific, you know, topic in the industry, whatever it is, right? Um, and we would call it influencer secrets. It was like the guys that had the big followings and the big fame, we would bring them on and their audience would come on and watch, right? So it was a way for us to also get into their audience and tap into their audience. It was really cool. Um, but then what happens is you become friends with those guys and then those guys invite you to come speak to their event. So I, mm -hmm. I remember um, one time I spoke at Ryan Stuman's event. This was a while back. Um, and this was, I don't know, maybe like four years ago, right? And he flew me out uh, to Texas to speak at one of his events. There was a couple hundred people there. Uh, and I remember leaving and we booked a lot of business. And I think like this was like a month and a half ago. I remember looking at our Stripe account and in Stripe, uh, you can basically see your customer list and you see who spent the most money with you. Right. Um, and the guy, the one guy that I met at the Ryan Stuman event was one of the people that spent the most money with us in the last four years. It was over six figures that he spent with us, right? Jeez. So it just goes to show you that these these events, like you don't realize it because a lot of the time it's not like instant, right? Where you're like you're leaving, like you sign up 10 people. But like you said, like even till now, people are still coming up to you or you know those those businesses grows and then turns into referrals right there's so many good things that happen from speaking that's why i'll be honest with you my secret motivation for this podcast is to get new users for our company right is to get the following is to get the exposure right and that's really what it's all about even now i'm like before i jumped on with you i'm we're i'm working on our webinar schedule for 2024 and we're going to do the same exact thing this time i'm not doing 52 i'm going to because it was too intense uh, I'm doing half that. So every two weeks, we're going to be doing a live webinar because they really help. Every time after I do a live webinar, revenue increases instantly within 24 to 48 hours for those specific days, right? So we get huge spikes. Um, so speaking is great. And I, don't, I haven't, I think the, the biggest stage that I spoke on live uh, in front of people was maybe like 400 people but webinars like we've done challenges and stuff we recently did a funnel freedom challenge which was pretty cool um and there was like maybe 800 people there agency so like remote settings but 5,000 people i would probably shit my pants um <laughs> like 5,000 people is a lot of people um like when you how's it like 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 within like a minute of you jumping on the stage is it like total chaos where it's like they're micing you up and like you're behind the stage and like or are you like chill back there like how, what's it like before jumping out onto the stage and like the doors open and all the smoke flies out <laughs> yeah and and i'll say like what you all the stuff that you were just saying right there i completely agree getting yourself out there putting yourself out there even if it's uncomfortable and doing it forcing yourself to do it, it's uncomfortable but the exposure that you get over time, it starts to build 100% agree with that. Um, 
but yeah, leading up to going and speaking on stage, I was surprisingly like the moments before I was about to go on, I was super calm. And I don't know if it's because I was just telling myself that and I was like breathing and just trying to like, you know, calm myself down. I wasn't really nervous anymore. I think it was just because I was like, okay, I came this far. I'm already here. I'm not backing out now. Like we're doing this thing. Plus, like, honestly, what helped me was they do what's called a, um, uh, I'm going to forget the name of it, but they do like a walkthrough, right? So the morning of, you get to go up on stage, mic check is what they call it. So they mic you up and they test just to make sure that, you know, you sound okay and all that. And so you're able to pace back and forth on the stage. You get to see where your slides are going to be because there's like, you know, eight different monitors across the stage that only you can see. And you look out and it's just empty chairs and you just think like, okay, well, you know, everyone here wants me to succeed as much as I want them to succeed. Like we're in this together. And it just, there was like a calming effect there and uh, it made me feel, feel more comfortable as opposed to if you're just to go out on stage and you had never been out there before, never stepped foot on that carpet. It was, it was just a lot better having been able to go through that, but yeah. That's Um, awesome, dude. Well, congratulations to you on that. Uh, that's definitely a huge milestone. So big win for you. And I'm assuming definitely your business too. Um, a lot of good exposure for you. So, you Thank know, you. rolling, we're rolling into 2024 now. Um, what's, what's your goals for this year? Like what, what do you want to see at the end of 2024 for Kevin Anson and ads on fire? So the goal this year is to build a few more things. Um, number one is the agency. So creating video ads for people, we are running ads right now. And I spent three days building funnels, getting it ready for ads, making, making some video ads of myself, of my own and using your own products. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, building that. So like building the marketing system to make sure that we can get clients in, get clients on calls and close more retainer clients, things like that. And then the second thing is I'm launching um, a new version of my video formula, which I sold in 2021 right after the pandemic hit. So I'm going to be doing probably like somewhere between like a 497 and 997 price point on that. And I'm really, really ramping it up. Like is that just, a course to show you how to, to show you how to create videos? What is that? What I'm assuming is that what that is? Yeah, it's a course that talks about the 10 ingredients that we always think about when we're creating ads and then the 10 ad types. So there's different ingredients that go into different ad types. And so I already have this course. I've taught it. It's inside of Russell Brunson's inner circle. So all of his members have access to it right now. But I was just looking at it, getting feedback from people. And I'm like, this thing could be so much better. There's so much stuff that I can dive into more, specifically ChatGPT, even though I just said that I don't really use chat GPT, but like for a lot of people who don't understand copywriting and they've never done this type of thing before, like they need to know like a, a starting point. Like if I tell chat GPT this, like what can I say inside of my video ad? So I'm going to show them how to build out their own video scripts using my formulas. All and the then inputs, um, basically you're, you're creating all the inputs using right. chat GPT. Right. Exactly. Cool. And so it's not going to be, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to get them to, you know, at least 80% of where they need to go to make sure that, you know, they're saying the right things in their videos. So, um, yeah, so those two big, those are two of the biggest things that I have for this year, growing the agency and, uh, launching the new course. And I'll tell you this, like for anyone listening, 
anytime that I'm struggling as an entrepreneur, if I look at what I've been doing and my revenue is dropping, it's because I haven't built anything in a while. I swear, like every time I build something that goes out into the world, whether it's a course, putting video content out there, a new email sequence, you know, an article, a new website, like whatever it is, building things is the number one thing that you can do as an entrepreneur to grow your business. Like I can't tell you, even if it doesn't work or if it fails or if it just isn't right the first time, any, like any time that I've struggled is because I haven't built things. When the pandemic hit, my agency business completely tanked for about three to six months. We had no clients in because everyone's freaking out in the world. Like there's this huge pandemic happening. That's when I built my video formula course. I spent probably three, four weeks building that thing, worked my tail off on it. And then I sold it to 3000 people and I was able to get, you know, one of those awards for it. And so that, and then that fast forward a couple of years later, Russell asked me to speak on stage. Had I not built that course and didn't spend the time to, to do it, like, I probably wouldn't even be talking to you. I wouldn't like all these things wouldn't have happened. Like it's just propelled my business so many different ways. So, you know what I've realized when you built things just to, to piggyback yeah. off that, um, not only does revenue increase, well, I agree with you a hundred percent, like 100,000%, especially when we launch new products, especially if you're launching new products into an existing client base, mm-hmm. like obviously you're going to see spikes for sure. But for me, what happens is momentum. Like the momentum for me goes insane. It goes through the roof. Like if I'm actively creating new things. So like I'll give mm-hmm. you an example. My role here at Dashflix has definitely shifted over the last six years. Like at first it was, you know, I was like in it, like I was basically in everything. Like I was in customer service. I was in I was building the funnels. I was in marketing. I was in sales. I was doing literally everything in almost every department. Um now, you know, our, obviously our team size is a little bit bigger. We're about 80, 80 to 90 people full time right now at Dashflix. So that allowed me to step back basically and really focus on the things that I like to do. Um, I catch myself primarily 90% of the time in marketing. So I'm dealing with the marketing and the sales for the company, like the front end, uh, the, the front end aspect of the company. Um, and for me, like, I, what I do is I, I basically call it projects. I just work on projects all day. So like, I'm like, okay, I'm like, Hey, real quick. If you're a marketing agency or a B2B service or software provider, Dashflix offers white label fulfillment services and software to businesses just like yourself. Go ahead and create your free Dashflix account. I went ahead and left a link in the show notes, or you could just go to Dashflix.com. I'm like, I'm like, just recently, I'm like, I'm going to redo the product tours for our software. And this is going to be like a four day project that shoot a bunch of videos, right? Create copy and all this stuff. And it just becomes a project. And what happens for me is every time I release a project, I get like dopamine that literally hits my brain. And I'm like, wow. And I just keep going. And like these projects, like for me, that's my euphoric moments is when I complete projects, I push them off. I start gaining momentum. And the momentum for me, what happens is as I start gaining momentum, the revenue goes along with it for like, it mm-hmm. happens every single time. It happened also in Dashfix where we built, we were in the process of building our new software. So we went from version one to version two, kind of similar to like what ClickFunnels uh, just recently did, or, you know, there's a bunch of other softwares that transition, right? We stopped writing new code on V1 of Dashflix. 
And we literally built, started coding V2. So you can imagine how insane of a project that is to just stop something that's been running for like four years and build a completely new version of it from scratch. Yeah. Right? It's insane. Yeah. Um, for two years, I basically locked myself in my office and I didn't do any webinars. I didn't do any lives. I wasn't basically doing, I was just working on like this one project that was literally, I have this massive whiteboard um, in my office. I was just drawing on the whiteboard, sending it to the developers, drawing on the whiteboard, sending it to the developers, right? And that was the worst two years of my life because our business literally tanked. Um, it was horrible because we, we had no momentum. There was nothing happening. And I will never let that, I told myself, I'll never let that happen again. Like I will always be building, in fact, for 2024, my goal is to focus on community, right? So like I've been like, as you, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, de start detaching yourself from your customers. What ends up happening is you start losing the community because you are the community, right? So for me, my goal for 2024 is to get back into the community. Like we just opened a brand new school group um, and shifting all of our, our live members. We have like 7,000 people in our Facebook group, shifting whatever's live or alive in there over into our school groups in the last couple of days, we poured over like 500 members in there and I'm just active in there. I'm posting, we're posting videos, we're posting content. Uh, we, we started obviously this new podcast recently. So podcasts are going to be dripping uh, once a week and then we're going to be doing webinars every two weeks. So like my face is going to be continuously out. And for me, like this whole, this whole is in, I'm in my office, right? So I basically, we have a full blown video studio and I told myself, I was like, for me to, and you can probably relate to this. And I, I was like, for, dude, for me to go and shoot a one hour webinar, for some reason, takes six hours. Why? <laughs> Why does it take? So like I go into the studio and it's like pre-production. It's like getting set up. Things are not working. And we have to start fixing things. Then we shoot the webinar, right? And then it's like post cleaning everything. It's like, it was so much of a headache for me every time I wanted to shoot a video ad or shoot a podcast. So what I decided to do was... I literally took the some of the equipment and I basically put it into my office and I simplified the shit out of everything. I was like, I'm just going to get a mic. I'm going to get a headset. I'm going to put some some backdrops with a light or whatever. And I'm not even using our, any of our 4K cameras or anything like that. I'm using like a Link 360 or whatever they call it. Right. And I'm like, dude, now every time I want to shoot a video, I want to shoot a podcast. I want to do a training. I want to do everything. I don't move. I just the play button. I do it. And when I'm done, I just back to where I'm at. Right. So that was one of the biggest things that allowed me to create a lot of content fast without having to jump into the studio every single time because it's it's lingering, it's chaotic, and I hate it, honestly. So that's yeah. for me, for the listeners out there, if you're if you're dealing with that, like change the scenery up a little bit. I totally agree with that. And I've actually been starting to make the same exact move because like I have this green screen back here and the camera and all that stuff and I'll set up all the lights and make it look all perfect and then I'll shoot stuff. But to get to that point where I'm finally shooting something and I'm happy That's with crazy. it and you know, I got my teleprompter set up and all these things, it takes hours to get it set up right. And then like, you know, in the weeks following, like the lights get moved around. I have four yeah, kids, you, you know, things just get messed up, things yeah. get unplugged, whatever. And I'm like, oh, my studio just fell apart. And so now I'm doing the same exact thing that you just said. I just bought a green screen that's going to go directly behind me. I'm going to sit right here and go on this camera right here. Like I'm not going to have to move because it's the best. bro. Yeah, because I was having a hard, hard time, too, where it's like if I wanted to create social media content, I have to set up all this stuff and it just takes forever. And so but if I can just sit here, if I'm inspired, I have an idea 
I'll just flick on my camera where I'm sitting right now, record a video and put it up online. Right. And so, yeah, the, it, <laughs> the simpler change the game for me, man. Like yeah. I did this, this setup, I don't know, like less than a month ago, like maybe three, four weeks ago, right. in the first day I sat down, like after I finally got everything set up and built out, I sat down and my, my ads person is like, Hey, we need some videos. I was like, all right, cool. I sat down and shot, it was 18 videos within four hours. Nice. 18 yeah. videos within four hours. And then I just continued my day. Right. And I did this yesterday. I came in the morning. He's like, I need more ads for whatever this specific campaign or whatever it is. Five ads shot within like an hour and then went, went on with my day. So it's like, for me, what I think the biggest realization that I've been having is once you simplify things, because people don't care if you're, if I'm in the studio or if I'm here. They really don't give a shit. What they care about is the content and they're here for the value. They don't care what, what, you know, where I am. Right. So I just, I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to simplify it and produce more content and make it simpler for myself and less chaotic. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I mean, your, your setup looks, looks, looks good. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not like Grant Cardone doesn't look great, yeah. right. With all the screens and things going on, but like, doesn't need to. I mean, yeah, I we think that we have that in our studio, Yeah. but I, I, I'm telling you, I would rather come in here that if I did this podcast, which is, you know, 30, 45 minutes, if I did this podcast in the studio, it would kill half of my day and half of somebody, one of my employees days, because they're in there in the production room on the cameras. And we mm -hmm. broadcast using, I don't even know what the front, like an OBS or something like that, whatever, because we yeah. used to like broadcast and record. Right. So like you need somebody there manning the equipment at the same time, too. So it, it's just, it's not worth it for me. It's really not. Unless yeah. we do like big events. If we're doing like, a, like we just did our funnel freedom challenge, which is like, you know, it was like a five day event, you know, 20 speakers or something. Then we set up the whole studio, the lighting, we get all that stuff in there from, if I'm shooting a course, like we just shot a, a course. So I have, I, we did the, we did the setup where it's like white table, a big whiteboard with a camera, like facing down. So you can in one camera up front face, one camera up top and switching between the two. Like just a really cool like vibe, especially for if you're watching it. So like stuff like that, I'll go into the studio for. But ninety percent of the stuff I shoot, I'm in here. Yeah, I'm not moving. I love it. Yeah, no, I mean it's funny. I've shot videos on my smartphone in my office when I had all, even though I have all this nice equipment. And sometimes those videos will outperform all the other ones. Yeah. It's just the craziest thing. Yeah. So. For the recent challenge that we did, our Funnel Freedom Challenge, we did a bunch of ads for it. I must have shot like 15 ads, shot ads with a teleprompter in the studio. Uh, I shot at Loom videos. I shot like a bunch of different combination of different ads. And the ad that I literally, it was me walking from my car to the office just with my phone like this talking, crushed all of the other ads. We just raw. It was crazy. It was insane. Maybe it was the, the demographic we were targeting is like, you know, up and coming, you know, startup business startups, right? Like people that were like looking to start a business and use funnels, you know, to, to build their business. And uh, but, dude, it crushed it. Like that was the one that took off and we just scaled that out. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like viewers um, don't overcome, don't over complex. Don't make it complex. I don't know. Um, don't over confuse things. Just make it simple produce content but anyways um uh, uh i know we're, we're kind of running out of time here so kevin any last words you'd like to say uh to the audience here no i think uh i pretty much already said it not to beat a dead horse but if you're uh sitting there wondering why more things aren't happening just build more stuff one of my favorite quotes by 
Eileen Wilder. If you don't know who she is, look her up. She says, the offer you don't make, no one can take. And that means obviously building more stuff, but creating offers out of thin air and putting them out there to the end of the world. I mean, even if it's like making a Facebook post and asking people, Hey, comment if you're interested in this or whatever. Um, I've done that so many times in my business. I did it in December, right when the holidays were about to hit, I had this idea. I was like, I want to make this course on how to do movie trailer style ads, which is what I, we do all the time in our agency. So I, put a course together, made a quick, you know, $10,000 on that. It's just like, it's like, had I not put throw literally the, throw the hook out. You yeah. If I had not put out, that man. post on Facebook, then nothing would have happened and I wouldn't yep. have made $10,000. So it's like the, the things that you're not putting out there are costing you money every single day. So just, just do it, more dude. stuff, build more stuff. Even if it doesn't work, doesn't mean you suck. Doesn't mean you're a failure. Sometimes they don't work. I mean, I'm sure Chad can say that too. Like things don't work sometimes and that's 90% okay. of the stuff we do doesn't work. <laughs> no, yeah. It's yeah. like, but there is definitely a high percentage of stuff that doesn't work. So yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. You just got to keep iterating, keep trying. In fact, once what's funny is sometimes things that don't work, if you just tweak them, they'll work like crazy, right? Like one of the best offers that we have that we've been selling for two years, it's a 997 product. When we launched it, nobody bought it. And we were like, we were just going to tank it. And then we just started tweaking some of the things that that basically was in the product. And we tweaked some stuff on the landing page and who we were offering it to. And it's our number one seller. Right. So like just just keep, you know, just keep reiterating, trying stuff, tweaking, um, optimizing. That's what it's all about, man. But anyways, Kevin, uh, uh, thank you so much for having us. Uh, Hopefully we'll see you here a few uh, in the future on the Behind the Revenue podcast. Looking forward uh, to having you on again here soon and seeing some future growth for you. Um, so all the best to you. Thank you so much. And if the viewers want to reach out to you, where's the best place that they can go? You just go to my website, um, www.kevinanson.com or our website for our agency is for some reason you have to enter the W's. I don't know. I got to fix that in my domain settings, but www.adsoffire.com. Love it, man. Thank you so much guys. And everybody have a good day. Hey, do you want more of the Behind the Revenue podcast? Look, join our private Facebook group where marketing agencies from all over the world are sharing strategies, network, and scale their businesses together. Visit facebook.com slash groups slash dash clicks to get instant access. And also, if this podcast helped you in any way, please do me a favor, share it with friends, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. That really helps build our community.